Welcome to our current teaching series called Live Dead. Today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. There's no better place to talk about the Holy Spirit than in the upper room. This is the place that Jesus told his disciples to go and to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come and fill them. This is after the death of Christ, after the resurrection of Christ. In fact, it was after the ascension of Jesus. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that the Holy Spirit was going to come so that his disciples could be a witness. Can you imagine this room, just like it is right now, being full of people praying, and then all of a sudden, like Acts chapter 2 describes, tongues of fire, it said, came upon them, and they began to speak in other languages, and they were speaking in this language that the people walking in this very streets, they heard the message of Jesus being preached, and they said, what an amazing message. Who is this God that you're talking about? And then after the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit, Peter goes and he preaches and 3,000 people were added to the church that very morning. It's an incredible thing. God wants to fill your life with the same Holy Spirit. You and me are still the missionaries. We're still on a mission to seek and to save the lost. And God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit to accomplish that mission. So today... Why did God give us the Holy Spirit? What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? And how does the Holy Spirit want to work through your life? We're going to discuss that on this amazing journey in this teaching series called Live Dead as we discuss the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, everybody. Hey, how you guys doing today? All right, man. Is everybody loving... Loving, uh, loving a Sunday morning? Yeah. All right. Is everybody here ready to expect God to do something great in your life? Yeah. All right. I love it. Hey, I want to say a big hello to everybody worshiping with us over in North Platte as well as out in the venue. Uh, last Sunday was an incredible Sunday with us. Uh, last Sunday, there was like a 1,150 people that worshiped at New Life. It was incredible. It was amazing. But... Okay, that's cool. It is cool. But this is the number I think you want to clap on, and that's this. Ten people committed their life to Jesus last week and said, I want to follow him. Yeah. Now, just so you know, there was more people that committed, that, that raised their hand, but we, we only really kind of track the ones that fill out a card and they say, hey, I prayed a prayer of salvation, and I want you to kind of help me take the next step. So if you're here today and you're one of those people, I want to say thank you so much. Thank you for coming back again. If you're a guest with us, man, I'm so excited that you're here. Um, you might actually, somebody here might be the person at the end of this service that is committing your heart to Christ as well. And I would just want to encourage you right up front, if you do, please fill out one of our contact cards, all right? It allows us uh, as a pastoral staff to give you a call, follow up on you, and see how you're doing, and help you take those next critical steps in your life. Another thing that was amazing last week was that we actually launched our, uh, our brand new book called Resilient. And in Resilient, there are six stories in here of people from New Life, both at our Kearney campus and our North Platte campus. Um, these stories are amazing. They've, I've read every single one of them. I read, a, I read this entire book on a flight when it was just in paper, um, not bound like it is. And man, I cried at every story, right? And I was just like, I wonder what the people around me think, you know, right now. Uh, but I didn't care because we were celebrating life change, the power of the testimony being released. If you did not get a preview copy last week, we may, we may, I say, have a few left. 
If you want them, you're going to have to go out to one of the welcome centers uh, just outside of the auditorium in which you're attending, and they might have one there for you. Uh, if you don't pick up a preview copy, if you didn't get one last week, um, then you can get one today. There's only one per person, uh, but if you didn't get one, you wanna, you're going to want to do it. This is the last day that we're going to actually give them out for free. Um, after that, there will be a fee for them. Uh, but come next week, we're going to do a book launch. Um, it's going to be an amazing Sunday. You're going to want to be here. It's going to be incredible. So please make sure that you're, uh, you're at New Life next week. Hey, we're going to continue our teaching series entitled Live Dead. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a blast these last couple of weeks. I've heard some great feedback from you guys about how this has been a simple challenge about how we can live dead to this world, but yet live alive with Christ. And that's our whole mission as a Christian is to figure out how to really kind of lay down the desires of this world and pick up the desires of Christ. And today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit needs to be our guide if we're going to live dead to this world and alive in Christ. So this week I've been kind of thinking about different guides that have impacted me in my life in one time or another. And maybe you've experienced the same thing. So let me just take you to one of them. Uh, If if you went to college at all, then you had to have a guide called a a college advisor, right? Anybody have a college advisor, right? All right, so, so, I mean, listen, the town we live in, it's a university town. UNK is here. You know, uh, I just got to say this. I'm just going to say that if you're a college advisor, you're the best ones ever. Um, Thank you very much for all you do. They helped us, didn't they? That they, they helped us pick the right class at the right time so we could accomplish the goal that we wanted to go to. All right, that was one. Another one would be taxes, all right? Everybody filled their taxes this year already? Okay, good. If you didn't, then you probably needed to fill out some kind of like a, hey, I'm going to do it later form, uh, an extension form, and then you really are running out of time fast. So you got to fill out taxes, right? But some of us, we need tax advisors. Like we need an accountant that will help us dig through the massive stack of all of the IRS regulations. Do you understand what I'm saying, right? You guys, somebody, who, who uses TurboTax? Anybody? Is anybody alive today? All right. Okay, good. Yeah. TurboTax, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I use TurboTax. Come on. I mean, it's not, it's not that bad. We all needed one. But he, so here's another one. Have you guys ever gone whitewater rafting? Let me hear whitewater rafting people. Come on. Now we're alive. I just had to get beyond taxes, didn't I? It didn't really motivate you. But whitewater, so taxes, whitewater rafting. That's what I thought. That's what I thought was going to happen. Just like that. So you go, why water rafting? You need a guide, right? The guide, he helps you. He helps make sure that you don't, you know, run into large rocks and go places that you shouldn't go. He makes sure that everybody in the boat gets to the end alive. All right, I'm thankful for guys like that. Another guide that I needed in my personal life, though, early on, right before the birth of our first daughter, I needed the Lamaz guide, right? I had to go to the Lamaz class. Anybody go to the Lamaz class at all? Anyway, I got a couple people that are clapping. Some people put their hands up. Others are going. They didn't have that around when we had our kids um, back in the real days. All right, so Lamaze class. And I saw this picture when I was, I, goog- I just Googled like, you know, Lamaze class uh, funny. That's all I did. And this came up. And I saw this guy's face. And instantly I was thinking to myself, who's really receiving more of the instruction here? You know what I'm saying? Like this guy's like, okay, now when do I breathe? When do I breathe? You can kind of see it on his face. He's also like, now what do I do? Where do I stand so that she doesn't hit me inadvertently, right? 
And he's also learning the lesson of like, what do you do to calm your wife when she goes, I hate you right now. And then she turns around and says, I love you so much, right? How do you, what do you, is that, did that only happen in the, the delivery rooms I was in? Um, you know, I'm going to hit you. No, take my hand. I mean, did you just, he's learning how to adapt to this. Did you ever notice that the word lamaze has the word maze in it? You need a guide if you're in a maze, right, to get out of that thing. I needed a guide. Guide set me up, and uh, man, the delivery room moments were, actually, they were pretty fun. Uh, they were awesome from my advantage point. I'm just saying. I got it. I got it. I got it. We worked together as a team, and it was awesome. But I needed a guide, or otherwise, I didn't know what to do. I would be in there just making a fool of myself. So a guide. We need guides in our lives to help us get through really important things like childbirth or just adventurous things like whitewater rafting. Well, guys, if we need guides for these types of things, we need the Holy Spirit to be our guide today. We need his wisdom. We need his leadership. That's what we're going to talk about today in week three of Live Dead. And so to help us do this, we've invited a missionary. Uh, One of our missionaries that actually is involved in the Live Dead movement. And so him and his wife are here. They have a table that's out in the lobby. I want you to please stop by and say hello to them. But what I want, what I want to do is I want to, bring, I want to bring out JJ right now so he can help us talk about how the Holy Spirit can be our guide. Would you guys welcome JJ? Come on. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me here. Today. Yeah, yeah, welcome. Have a seat. Have a seat. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, about the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, that's just kind of, that's kind of the topic today. And so I thought before we do that, why don't we just kind of let you introduce yourself uh, a little bit. I just said your name's JJ, but where are you ministering at? And in just a brief essence, like what, what is your, your mission look like? Yeah. So my family and I live in a Muslim country in Central Asia, and uh, we're part of the organization, the initiative Live Dead, and so we're about church planning where there is no church. And in the country I live in, it's, it's mostly rural, and so we lead a team of people that go out into rural villages, and uh, we do projects there to help the poor, and it's also a very poor country. And um, while we're there, we always get an opportunity to share the gospel with people who have never heard because there are no churches, no believers, and no way to hear about the gospel. So uh, every time we get to go, we get to share with somebody who's never heard the gospel. All right. All right. That's awesome. And we're glad to, we're glad to be on the team with you, and we're glad you're on our team. So we're working together on that. So Thanks. when you guys um, give to missions um, online or even with the, the envelope that might be in front of you, you need to know JJ um, and his wife are one of our missionaries, and part of that support goes straight to you guys, and we're a part of what you got going on out there. That's good. Um, we're in this current teaching series, Live Dead. Um, it's built off of, you know, the organization and movement that you are, you know, a part of. You're living it, right? And there's 12 core values. We're in week three. Week one, we talked about abide. Week two, we talked about character. And today we're talking about, well, how do we have the Holy Spirit be our guide? And so what I was wondering from you is this, from your experiences, um, how have you sensed the Holy Spirit really guiding you? in your missionary efforts on a, maybe a day-to-day basis or just from time to time. But how have you experienced the Holy Spirit guiding you in the ministry that you're a part of? Yeah. You know, we, we really find that it just becomes a necessity to rely on the Holy Spirit because 
I walk out of my gate or I, I go into a village and essentially every person I see uh, doesn't know Jesus, hasn't heard the gospel, and uh, I need to know, you know, who's ready, who's ready to hear the gospel. I can't just, you know, shout it out or, you know, go to every person because, you know, some people are going to respond adversely, you know, and I need to be able to stay in that place. So I really have to rely on the Holy Spirit and just say, all right, God, I know that you're preparing people to hear the gospel, and so I'm ready. Bring them into my life, and I want to, as you do, I'll respond and be obedient. So, Now, so that sounds a lot like you might start your day with prayer, right? You might end your day with prayer, but it sounds a lot like that throughout the day there is a continued prayer that's going on of, hey, I'm standing face-to-face with this person you know, I'm holding one conversation here. I'm holding another conversation this way. Is that, is that basically what I'm picking up? Yeah, for sure. All right. So in light of that, which I totally understand and agree with, and I think that's exactly how we should be living our lives here in Nebraska, like, you're, like you are halfway around the world, right? Um, but why? I was wondering what you think about this. Why do you think people forget, though, about the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and we so easily just drift right back to what we can see with our own physical eyes and accomplish with our own physical hands. Why do you think we kind of drift back to that all the time instead of continuing to rely on the Holy Spirit? Yeah, you know, it's easier to just go through life in the natural and not think about what the Holy Spirit's doing around you. Um, But, you know, that's not how we're called to live. We're called to live in tune with the Holy Spirit and uh, and I think that, you know, there are a lot of times where I'll miss it, you know. I'll miss the opportunity, and, uh, you know, I'll realize 10 minutes later, and God will remind me that, hey, that was somebody I brought into your life. But I think that I, I get it a lot more often, uh, you know, I'm, when I really spend that time connecting with my Savior in the morning, just like you guys talked about two weeks ago, with abiding in, in Jesus yeah. and uh, being connected with him. Yeah. So you find that if you practice abiding with Christ, it is more natural for you to be asking for and seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance, even in multiple times throughout the day. Yeah. Something about that. Yeah, because, you know, oftentimes it doesn't come how you think. So if you're not looking for it, you'll often miss it. You know, an example of this is we, we were a part of starting a house of prayer in our city, and we gather as missionaries there to, to pray for the country. And one time, a, a young Muslim man kind of made his way there. And, uh, you know, we could have seen that as a distraction. You know, we usually don't encourage locals to, to come because it, it could jeopardize our freedom to meet there and, and pray there. But, you know, when you're looking for God to bring people in your life, um, you know, some people ask uh, him if he wanted to receive prayer. They laid hands on him. And that night, he had a dream of Jesus. And in that dream, Jesus was inviting him to follow him. And he, and he had objections, you know. I can't, you know what this is going to cost me. But Jesus reassured him in the dream that, that it, it was going to be okay. And, and I, I asked him about that um, about a week after he had this dream. And, and what he said really struck me. He said, you know, I wasn't looking for religion. I, my life was good, but when Jesus comes, you have to make a decision. Hmm. And he said, it felt like when Jesus came, my soul was too big for my body. And when I let him in, 
all my worries went away. Today, he and his newly wed wife are serving the Lord and telling people about Jesus. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's exciting, right? Is that good? Yeah. I love that. It, It could have been one of those moments that you missed because this guy walks in at the wrong time. And it's amazing how what we call the wrong time, God calls the right time. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I grew up in an Assembly of God church like New Life is, and we had missionaries come all the time, and I always used to love their stories. And so stories like that, they stick with us. You know, sometimes people remember a story more than remember maybe the rest of my sermon. So why don't, why don't we leave them with one more story, okay? Here's, here's the question. Tell us about a time when you could say this. Right, that without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you, you may have found yourself in a difficult scenario or a scenario that you may not have wanted to be in. How did the Holy Spirit guide you? So as you look back now, right, this is looking back, and you're going, man, I can definitely see the Holy Spirit led me here, or otherwise I could have been in a pretty difficult situation. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of times where we invest, you know, time and working with people, and we know that God is, is wanting to, you know, reveal himself and, and Jesus, that Jesus died on the cross for that person in their lives. But sometimes there's just, you know, the, the devil doesn't want that to happen. And so there's a lot of times where we're in situations where things don't go as planned, and, but we know that God is, is working. And, and uh, you know, one time I was in, sitting in a man's home, uh, He's a farmer, and he's down on the border of a country that we hear a lot about in the news. And, uh, you know, the guy had just almost died a week before that of a heart problem. And we knew that God was, you know, he was open, and God was doing something. But, and I had a local believer with me, and he was telling him about Jesus. But, you know, it just wasn't getting through to him. And in those times, you, you kind of say to God, okay, God, what, what are you doing here? And and in that moment, the Holy Spirit told me, you know what you're missing? You're missing my heart for this guy. You're just, you're just doing this because you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing. Hmm. I said, God, would you reveal to me your heart for this person? And he revealed to me what he was doing, that he was giving this guy a second chance to know him. And he gave me a scripture, and I, I gave him the, the Bible uh, four Gospels in his language, and he read from the, the end of Matthew chapter 11, where it says, all who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. My yoke is easy, my burden's light, and um, I'll give you rest. And, uh, you know, I said to him at that point, this is God's invitation to you. And, you know, all of a sudden, that got through to him. Hmm. He realized that God was working in his life, yeah. and he began to read the, that book. He asked me if, I, if he could keep it. Next time I came back, he had read through all four Gospels and was in the process of reading it a second time. Began to share it with his family and his neighbors, and even be, be, began to catch some persecution because of it. Huh. But you know what? He had found life in, in God's Word, and he wasn't going to stop reading. Yeah. Well, I mean, having you here today is, uh, is a great help. Um, you know, you're living, you're living what we're, we're wanting to just keep getting sharper and sharper at. You know, where America you know, may, may be called a, a country that was founded on Christian values, but it's quickly becoming a more secular nation. And so 
um, for us to listen to the Holy Spirit is so vital. And so just hearing from you is a good encouragement to us. And I want to say thank you for doing that. If you guys want to you know, get to know him a little bit more and his wife, uh, please stop by their table out in the lobby. And we're going to continue the conversation now about how we can, how we can increase the influence of the Holy Spirit in our life. But I'll let you kind of go back uh, where you came from, your seat next to your lovely wife, and uh, we'll finish it, okay? Thanks for being here today, man. Yeah, thanks for sending us and praying for us. We really appreciate it. Oh, awesome. Absolutely. I don't know know if you heard his last words, but his last words were, thank you for sending us and thank you for praying for us and with us. And that's the kind of people that we want to continue to be. So how do we increase the influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, guys? Do you have to become a missionary and move to a country that, because we're broadcasting the service onto the internet, that we can't even say where it is? I don't think so. Um, I think that's probably a calling, and they're answering it, and we're glad to be on their team helping them send them. But you and me, we're missionaries right where we live. So how do we, how do we live a life influenced by the Holy Spirit even more than what it is right now? Let me give you a couple of simple things, because let's not, let's not forget, this, it's in the simple that we find the profound. If we're always looking for the profound, many times you miss the very simple things that help you see the profound aspect of God being lived in your life. So let me help you with some of the simple things about being influenced by the Holy Spirit. First would be this, ask and trust. Ask and trust. Right. My dad always told me, son, never put the word no in someone else's mouth for them. You know what he was basically saying to me? You need to go ask people the question, because if you don't ask them the question, then you're, t- you're putting no in their mouth. They very well may, may want to say yes. And that's the same thing when it comes to God. We need to come to God and we need to ask him for the Holy Spirit to guide us. But we need to ask and trust, meaning we need to ask with confidence. In fact, God's word is the one who directs us to ask him and to ask him with confidence. Here's how it's spelled out in Luke chapter 11. The passage says that, Um, Jesus was teaching. He goes, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. He says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who what? See, here's the deal. God wants to give you the guidance and the leadership of his spirit. He's, he's waiting, actually, for you and me to ask him. And guess what else it does? It pleases the heart of God when we do ask. And for many of us, I know, I look out at this crowd and I go, I know you guys have asked for the guidance and the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life. But was that a one-time prayer? Because did you not just hear our missionary? It's not a one-time prayer. It is a minute-by-minute, moment-by-moment, conversation-by-conversation, decision-by-decision, asking for the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. And I want to say this to you. It pleases the heart of God when we ask. Recently, just about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I had the unique privilege of spending a, a couple of moments with my oldest grandson at his school for Grandparents' Day. Yeah, that's, uh, this is Aiden. He's our oldest grandson. You see him missing his two teeth. It's awesome, right? It's cute. It's what all kids go through. It's awesome. So Aiden invited me as, my, as, as his grandfather, and his, you know, he's the oldest. He said, you know, Papa, I want you to come to my school. we got Grandparents Day. So I drove all the way to Omaha, 
to spend an hour in this classroom to drive all the way back. So you guys, this is the most spiritual thing I did all month so far, okay? I'm just saying, there's no need, no need to clap, no need to clap. I've got other grandchildren coming. So I've set the bar, and now I'll have to follow through with it, if you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, but I do believe it was maybe one of the most spiritual things I did all, all, um, all month, and I mean that, all sincerity. So I get there to spend an hour with him in the classroom. I'm sitting on those little seats, that like the, the seats like down here, and so your knees are up in your face, right? And we're trying to work on stuff, and I can barely breathe. My, my lungs are just getting crushed. Like, i got to stand up and breathe every once in a while. And so we're working on this assignment that he has, you know, that we're supposed to be doing together. And then all of a sudden, he leans over to me. He's like, Papa. And I'm like, yeah? He goes, what are we going to do after school? Yeah. Right? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. What do you want to do? And he thinks about it. You can see the wheels spinning. And he goes, I know. I know. I go, okay, tell me. He goes, Papa, I think we should go to the store so that you can buy a toy that you like. That's what he said, right? Buy a toy that you like, pause, and that I like too. <laughs> I, just, I just started cracking up. Like I, couldn't, I couldn't contain it within me, you know? I just kind of wanted to break all the rules and go, hey, listen, man, let's go get your stuff. Let's get out of here right now, right? Like, I just I wanted to take him to the store. He's been told over and over again, Aiden, stop asking to be taken to the store and buy a toy. It's not going to happen, right? He's been told this because he asked all the time, right? So this time he, got, he wised up, didn't he? Papa, let's go to the store so you can buy a toy that you like and that I like. Those kids, they get so smart. But it, it pleased me. It literally, it made me kind of want to go, let's go do that, right? That's God's heart towards you and me. He wants us to ask for the Holy Spirit to lead us on a regular basis. So two big thoughts in wrapping this point up, and that's this. Don't forget to ask. So many times where we can do it on our own, so we don't ask. So many times where we think we got it all figured out, so we don't ask. So many days, so many days, like my days, We come in to the office, we go to the shop, we do whatever it is that we do, we work, we clock out, we drive home, we veg out. Somewhere in the midst of that, we ran across other people's schedules. We came face to face with other people, right? We were sitting at the same booth with someone at a restaurant. We were dialoguing with someone in a conversation. We were working with someone on a project. Are we taking the time to ask, Lord, is there something that you're wanting to do and say to this person and you're wanting to use me right now? Guys, we need to remember to ask. And secondly, when we ask, we need to ask with confidence. A trust that, that says that we know that God wants to give us the guidance from his spirit. So when you ask, ask and trust. Ask with faith. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Here's the second basic principle, all right? Are you catching? These are basic, but yet we don't always practice them. Okay, the second one is this. How about seek and expect? So it was ask and trust. Now it's seek and, and, and expect. Seeking is different than asking. I can ask you something, 
Or I can seek you out and find you. And God wants us to seek him out and find him. It's, a, it's an action. We have, to, we have to go look for him. We, we are striving for him. And when we seek after the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you can do that with incredible confidence. Do you, you know why, though? Do you know why you can seek after God? You can look after him. You can strive after him. You can pursue him. Do you know why you can do that with confidence? Because he's real. And he's real, and he's really to be found. You're not searching after some false god. You're not seeking after some false spirit. You're seeking after the Holy Spirit of the living God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. The three in one, the Holy Spirit is God. As much as Jesus is real, the Holy Spirit's real. They're three in one. So the the Holy Spirit can be sought after and you can strive after and, you know, work for, if you will, like this hunger in your heart to grab a hold of him. You're going to find him. You're going to find him because he wants to be found. So seeking is a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual discipline. Now there are times when there's no seeking needed. Like the guidance of God is written in his word. And there's like, there's no reason to even have to pray about certain things. Like the guidance of God is there. I should follow his word. It's amazing to me how some people, they, they find the in, incredible principles of God in his word, and then they go, well, I got to go pray about it. Well, really? You got to go pray about obeying God's word? Seriously? What, what is there about obeying God's word that's going to require you to pray any more than to go, it's God's word, I need to follow it? You see what I'm saying? So there's some things just are written in God's word that are they're obvious. We need to follow after them. But guys, there are so many everyday moments that we we're, should we're, be seeking the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our life. And let me just tell you, when you're seeking the Holy Spirit, you're primarily doing that through prayer. You to God. God, how, how do you want me to handle this? God, give me ears to hear what you're saying right now. God, I'm getting ready to walk into this, this, this moment where I've got to make a big decision. Get, give me that peace in my heart to know what you're saying. But I would also say that there are times when we need to seek God's guidance and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives by even asking other godly people around us. Recently, I had to make a, um, a really big decision here at the church, and I didn't know exactly what to do. And so instantly what was put on my heart was, and I believe it was really the Holy Spirit saying, you need to call these two men. These two men have been through this before. You need to seek their advice. But when we seek the advice, right, it means we have to humble ourselves. So I had to humble myself and go, hey, guys, I don't know what I'm doing here. Would you be willing to invest into me? I got some ideas, but I don't want to just follow my crazy ideas. I want to do what God wants to do. So would you help me? If I can just share all this information with you, would you give me back not just your ideas, but would you give me back what you sense the Holy Spirit would, would instruct you to give me as advice? Oh, absolutely. We'd love to do that. And so I, meet, I met with one of them and the other one we just talked over the phone. And these guys ended up giving me wisdom and guidance that I believe was from the Holy Spirit as I sought them and humbled myself. And then they shared with me. And I ended up being wiser than my own years. I ended up making a more knowledgeable decision than I would have otherwise. So first and foremost in seeking and expecting God uh, you know, you just need to know that godly wisdom will come from godly people. 
But we also need to have a similar relationship in, in the heart of seeking the Holy Spirit. So it's one thing to go ask a bunch of people what to do. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm talking about a select few that are true godly people that are filled with the Holy Spirit and they want to see God work in their life. All right? But we also need to have that personal pursuit where we're looking to God and we're saying, God, you are my only hope. My only source of strength comes from you. I have a dependence upon you. In the early church, they, would meet, they met together to make some of these decisions, and they would pray, and they would counsel with each other. In fact, it even says this in Acts chapter 15 about the way that they, they um, you know, utilized the Holy Spirit in their life and making key decisions, but it said that it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. That while they were wrestling with this outcome, they're talking with each other, giving each other counsel to the best of their ability, but they're also seeking God. And in the end, they had to come to a conclusion. What we're getting ready to give you, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. What does it mean then to really seem good? Well, first, it needs to line up with God's word, right? Or it's not good. It needs to bring peace in your heart or it's not good. And it needs to be confirmed by other close Christians, godly leaders in your life, that it seemed good. So many times I think where we're waiting for this like big aha moment where the sky opens up and God speaks and he goes, go this way. When these guys were like, it seems good to us. We're going to push on the door. And if the door keeps opening, we're going to walk through it. But if we push on the door and there's resistance, then we're going to walk away. Because we're looking for where it seems good to the Holy Spirit, first off, and to us. A lot of the times we go, oh, it seemed good to me. And I think it probably seemed good to God. That's totally different than it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Let's make sure that who's following who, right? Are we wanting God to follow us? Oftentimes, yes, that's what we're wanting. But we need to be flipping that around and go, no, it's got to be me wanting to follow him. Me following him. So in wrapping this thing up, it's a a very, very unique privilege to be able to count on, to ask for, and to seek after the wisdom and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons why we are able to do that is because of what Jesus did. If Jesus doesn't go to the cross and give his life on the cross and raise again from the dead then there is no guidance of the Holy Spirit available for you and me. Because Jesus went and he conquered death, hell, and the grave. You and me can have relationship with God by surrendering our lives to Jesus and saying, you be my Lord and you be my leader. Then we can see the other massively important thing that Jesus said begin to happen in our lives. We can then begin to see where Jesus said, it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. That's a big statement by Jesus. It's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. So in your hands, when you walk through our doors today, you, were, you received in all the auditoriums the communion elements. We're going to partake of communion in just a moment. But when we do, what I want you to be reminded of is this, that without Jesus giving his life, his body being broken on the cross, and his blood being spilt on that cross, you and me don't have the privilege of asking and seeking for the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Jesus even said, it's better that he comes. So when we partake of communion, 
today, let's give thanks with all gratitude in our heart for what Jesus did. But let's maximize what Jesus did by also asking and seeking for the Holy Spirit to guide us. Let's capitalize on what Jesus did. And let's start taking advantage of what Jesus did for us, which is now we can ask and we can expect the Holy Spirit to lead us. Now we can seek and we can trust that we will find the Holy Spirit. Why? Because of what Jesus did, we get the unique privilege of asking. We get the unique privilege of seeking. Are you with me today? Do you understand what I'm saying? So, you, you were given communion. I would encourage you right now to try to start pulling back that, that label, that, the top of it, all right? Because it can be a little difficult at times. But what's going to happen is that I'm going to be praying in just a minute, and then I'm going to turn over the leadership to all of our campus pastors, and they're going to be leading in communion uh, right there in their own campus, all right? So that's the way it's going to work here today. You don't have to be a member of New Life to partake of communion with us, but we do believe you need to be a member of God's family. Surrendering your life to Jesus Christ is, uh, is paramount, and then, and then we can give thanks to him, you know, by partaking of communion. So I want you to take these elements and get them ready. I'm going to pray for us all in all of our auditoriums. And then we're going to partake of the bread, which represents the broken body of Christ. And then we're going to partake of the juice that represents his blood that was shed. And we're so thankful for that. Without it, we have, we have no salvation relationship with God. But we're also thankful for it because it gives us the ability to call on the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Lord, we come to you today in reverence. We come to you today in awe. We are so thankful for your blood that was shed and for your body that was broke for us. And today, here at New Life, we're partaking of communion in in worship, in gratitude, and in a heart of thankfulness for what you've done. And Lord, your word says as often as we do this, to do it in remembrance of you, And Lord, it's the moment. We're doing it in remembrance of you. We're all of our attentions upon you. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done on that cross for our relationship with you. But we also thank you for what you did on that cross so that we might have the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our life. Lord, to live dead to this world and to come alive in you, we need the guidance of your Spirit. So thank you, Lord, that you gave your life on the cross and that you rose again from the grave. Thank you that you obeyed the Father all the way to the cross. And that we might benefit from that even this day. In Jesus' name, amen.